Hallelujah. Let's get into the word this morning. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. Ephesians 5, 25. The Bible says this, and Paul says, Christ loved the church. Say it. Christ loved the church. So much so that he gave up his life for her. Paul says Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we are so grateful to be here this morning. Lord, have your way in our lives. Do what needs to be done. Lord, I pray for surrendered hearts this morning. Lord, I pray for obedience. Help us, Lord God, to commit our ways to you, to your ways, to your calling, to your purpose for our life. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for salvation. For you have given us an inheritance that cannot be taken away. Father, we love you. With all of our hearts, we say amen. Amen. I titled this sermon, I Love My Church. I love my church. How many of you love your church? Now, before I go any further, this isn't one of those arrogant type of bragging type of statements. This isn't our church is better than someone else's church and so on and so forth. That's not what this is about today. So don't, 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 don't misconstrue my words because we're only here because of the grace of God. You're only here because of the grace of God. No one here is perfect. But I know that I'm in a church of people who love God. That's why I love my church. I look around and I see a, a, a room full of people full of gratefulness. Gratefulness. I look around and all I see is gratefulness. All I see is people who understand why you're here today. And that I can, and that we can, we can say things like, I love my church. Without, without having to say it is better than this or that. Because we are so grateful. I know my pastor's heart is never ever, never ever to look down on something else or someone else and say we are better than you. That's my pastor's heart. If you don't know that, you're gonna learn today. That's who he is, I know him. I know the way he speaks, the things he doesn't say, speaks volumes. See, but God desires for us to be proud of our church. He does. Why? Because God is proud of us. He's proud of you and I. This morning, when you, were, when you were worshiping with all of your heart, God is proud of you. God is proud of you. When our church doesn't just bow to the ever-changing 
ways of the world. But instead, we stand up for righteousness. God is proud. He's proud. He says, look at my children. Look at my children. They are not bowing down to all these to all these perverted ways of the world that keep changing from day to day. You never know what the new rule is for today. But he says, my word never changes. My word, my word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you would just abide by my, by my uh, uh, always consistent, never changing word, you will be with me forever in paradise. And you will experience true blessings, not only in your life, but in the lives around you. In the church, you will experience these blessings. See, the purpose of the church is to build and is to maintain in the lives of each individual a strong foundation. A firm foundation that is built upon biblical sound doctrine. It's built upon the rock who is Jesus Christ. That's what we're here today to do, church. We're here to build foundations. We're here to, we're here to make that ground that you are standing on as, as strong as it possibly can be in the knowledge of God's word. Not in the knowledge of who you are as an individual, because we know who we are as an individual. We know who we are on our own. I can't do what I do on my own. But I know who I am in Christ. And guess what? Oh, man. Knowing who I am in Christ, there's no limit to what, to what I see can be done. There's no limit to where I see God taking my life. I don't know where he's gonna take me. I don't know. It's not my job to try to figure him out. It's my job to say yes. It's my job to say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you are calling me here, then yes, Lord, I will go. See, we need to have an appreciation for. We must have an appreciation for the church. There's a saying that says, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. I don't like experiencing that in my life. I don't like that. I never ever want to experience those things in my life. I don't want it to be too late to show appreciation for somebody or something in my life. I wanna show it now. I wanna show it now. I don't wanna be that person that says, oh, I wish I would've said that earlier. I wish I would've just done that, you know, years back. I wish I would've changed my behavior. I wish I never would've said that. Why not do those things now? Show your appreciation for those that you love. We don't have forever. We're only here for a short time. 
You know, I think of, your, I think of our families. We want to show appreciation to our families. I want to show appreciation to my wife and to my children. I want them to know that I care for them, that they have me, that I am theirs. Yes, I can't be there all the time physically, I know that. But that when I am there, that they have me, they have my attention. And yes, we fall short, but I want them to know that. I want them to understand that. I want to be able to appreciate now the people and the things that God has blessed me with. I always love hearing testimonies at our prayer centrals that we have the first Friday of each month. We're going to be having one March 4th. Put it in your calendar. March 4th, it's a Friday evening, 7 p.m. We're going to be here praying. So join the body of Christ in prayer. Join us in prayer. I want to see this place packed out. This is, this, is, this is where we build our foundation, church, is in prayer. So March 4th, you be here. But I always appreciate and love hearing testimonies. Of all the things that people are so appreciative with. Oh, I'm so thankful to God because this is what took place, and I'm so grateful, you know, because, because, of, because of the uh, uh, healing that took, uh, took place in my life, uh, the salvation that took place in my unsaved loved one. I'm so blessed just to be here. I'm so blessed. And just hearing those testimonies, it blesses my heart. I'm sure it blesses our pastor's heart to hear those testimonies. Can you only imagine what it does to God? I know during these COVID times, many have experienced a deeper understanding and a newfound appreciation for the gathering of the brothers and sisters in the Lord. I have. In those times when, you know, we were doing things online, I didn't like it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't like it. I was like, why do I got to do this? How do I even know that people are listening? See, but you may not think that because as a speaker, you think differently. As, a, as someone who's just receiving, you think, oh, this is great. I can sit at home and have my coffee and lounge and I don't have to get dressed and I don't have to wear pants and, you know, you know these kind of things. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. No one, none the wiser. But as a speaker, it's a whole different ballgame. You think, man, I prepared for this sermon for X amount of hours. I've put my, my heart and soul into this. And I want people to listen. And I want to make sure that I have people's attention when I'm speaking. And I was battling. I was like, oh, no, here we go again. Can we just go in person? I remember those days. 
but it gave me a newfound appreciation for the gathering of the saints. When I walked through these doors, I was like, yes, yes, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's party this morning. I was so excited. Always good to see people's faces. I'm telling you, 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 don't, you don't know how much your face blesses someone else. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you look, you're a blessing to someone. Amen. <laughs> You're a blessing to someone. Mama loves you. <laughs> I want to look at a few things here of why I appreciate my church. And I want us to take on the same and to look at our own lives and, and, and take a self-inventory in regards to how you view the church where God has you. Uh, Number one is the love for people. Mm. The love for people. I put this first and foremost for a reason. John records Jesus' words in John 13, 35, and he says, By this, Jesus says, everyone will know that you are my disciples, he says, if you love one another. How does Jesus know that you're his disciples? What was that again? Did you hear that? Maybe you didn't say it this morning, but you heard someone else say it. Jesus will know that you are his disciple if you love one another. Doesn't just say to love those who are easy to love. It doesn't just say, it doesn't say to love those who show love to you. Love those who give you a kind word. That's easy. The Bible says even, even the world can do that. <laughs> even the unsaved individual can do that. There's no problem doing that. Anyone can do that. But Jesus says, what well, singles out my disciples as those who can love anyone. Oh, man. Love those who curse you. Love those who, per who persecute you. Man, this is tough. This is a tough pill to swallow this morning. I know. I got to swallow it too. Love them. Don't curse those who curse you. That's not showing God's love. You're not, you're not being an example of a Christ follower. But he says when you show love to those who, who mock you and spit on you, now you're, now you're a disciple of Christ. Oh man, now you are sharing in his suffering. See, people know, people know when they are loved. Even dogs know when they're loved, don't they? You yell at a dog, that dog knows you're mad. 
just by the tone of your voice. You don't even have to yell sometimes. You can just change the tone, and that dog will, will quiver because they're afraid. But when you love a dog or an animal, they know it. They know it. When you say, when you say oh, you know, good girl, good boy, they know it. And what do they do? Their tail starts wagging. You know, they're happy, right? They jump all over you. They want to be all up in your grill because they want to kiss you. They know. And if animals know that, how much more humans? How much more you and I? Children, they know when they're loved. They know it. They know when someone cares for them. I remember um, way back when, I won't say how many years because that's going to give away my age. But I remember in Sunday school, Pastor Reg and Mrs. Bowie were my Sunday school teachers. You know, they were like 15, you know, they were young. But I remember we were, we were in the old church. It was this, this church, but the old church, old building. And we had an upstairs. And if many of you ever remember the upstairs room, it was very short. Pastor Reg is a tall man. I remember him walking up those stairs, and I remember him barely being able to stand in that room because he was so tall. Now, as a, little, as a little tyke myself, you know, I saw Pastor Reg, and I thought, man, this is, you know, he, he's intimidating. He's huge. I don't want to get him mad. Little did I know that he was so full of love. I'm always, I'm always, I'm always sharing with others. And I'm proud of this. Because I'll share with others that, man, you want to see a heart, you want to see God's heart, look at Pastor Reg. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. You want to see God's love? Go talk to him. If I would have only known, you know, what a, you know, what a loving, you know, teddy bear he was. <laughs> But it's that love for people. I can think of so many others. You know, I think of our pastor, Pastor Richard Salazar. His love, his love for the future generations. I know this from experience. Why? Because he poured so much time and resources and effort into keeping us the, the next generation. He always did. He never, he never spared a penny to make sure that we were having the time of our life in the house of the Lord. And I look at these individuals and so many others in this church that I can be here all day talking about those who love people. People know, we know. I know who loves me. 
I know my wife loves me. She doesn't even have to say it. I just know she does in the things that she does. I always hear stories of people walking into this church and saying, man, I feel so loved. Oh, man, that blesses me. That blesses me. Jeez. To hear, to hear people say that, I'm like, yes. Yes. That's what we're shooting for. That's what we're here for. That's the purpose, is to love one another. That if someone would walk through these doors and would just sense the love uh, from the people in the church, then we are doing things right. You're doing things right, church. It doesn't take much. We must love each other exactly, exactly as God has loved you and I. Exactly. However God has shown love to you, you need to show it to someone else. You need to do it. And I'll tell you right now, if you were to do that, you would never go wrong. God loves you. Oh, man, he loves you with an unconditional love. That, that means that you can't do anything that will make God stop loving you. You can't. I appreciate the love for people. Number two is the steadfastness. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 25. Solomon writes this, and he says, when the storms of life come, the godly have a lasting foundation. Mm. The steadfastness is what we're talking about. I've learned so much from people just by watching. Just by watching. I've been watching my entire life being here in church. I watch individuals. You may not even think that I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm very observant. And I'm not saying that to scare anyone, because I'm sure you watch me as well. I'm a little worried. <laughs> but we watch each other. We learn so much just by watching. All the individuals that I've seen growing up that are still here in church that have been steadfast. You've been steadfast. You know who you are. Maybe you were my Sunday school teacher. Maybe you were my ranger commanders. Maybe you were my, 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 my youth leaders or my, my young adult, you know, uh, 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 people that, that I've worked with. You know who you are. You've been steadfast. You see, success is measured by our faithfulness. There's a, much big, there's a much bigger picture than what you and I may see right now. Many times we can just focus 
on the issues that are confronting us at this point in time in our lives. It's very difficult for us to see the big picture. But know that there is a bigger picture. It isn't just whatever you're facing right now. There is a bigger picture. There are individuals who are watching you to see how you handle this situation. Because God has allowed you to be in it for a reason. And many are watching you to see, okay, what does a true godly leader do in these times? How does a true man or woman of God react to to these type of situations in their life? Let me look and see. And they watch. And all the while you're thinking, God, send me some help. (laughs) Send me some help, Lord. While people are just watching. (laughs) God is helping you. God helps us. When we, when we ask for his help, that's exactly what he does. That's exactly what he does. We need to think, who is going to be affected if I make this decision? If I, if I sit down from what I am doing and what I am serving in, who is going to be affected by this? What is it going to do to so-and-so? How are my decisions going to affect someone else? See, we can't always just say, well, you know what, I'm going to do this and that and then just not care, because that's selfish. That's selfishness. When you don't care what it does to someone else, that's selfishness. And you are accountable to God for your decisions. We are accountable to God for our decisions. Whenever I preach, I feel like I'm preaching in a mirror. I'm just preaching in a mirror. I'm preaching to myself. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5, and it says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Let him be our anchor. Let he, Jesus, be our director. So I appreciate the steadfastness in our church, the faithfulness, the consistency, the commitment that you have made to serve God, that you have made to serve one another. Oh, it's appreciated. It's appreciated. Also is the partnership. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to work side by side with each and every one of you. I'm blessed. I know my pastor is blessed to work, to partner with each and every one of you here. That's what it is. We've been talking about unity this whole month and on uh, 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 Wednesdays, united. That's what it's all about. You're not going through this alone. You have the church. Philippians 1, verse 3, and 3 through 5, Paul says these words, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And Paul says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We serve a God who finishes what he starts. He finishes what he starts. I don't know how many projects you have at your home that have not been finished, that someone has promised you will be done by a certain time. <laughs> we fall short. God doesn't. God doesn't. When God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. We're talking about partnership. Do I appreciate what my church has to offer or do I just complain? Doesn't have enough. Doesn't have this or that. The next question I say is or ask is, how can you and I be that person to fill in that gap? How can we do it? You know, throwing in suggestions is great, but you know what? Someone offering their help is even better. <laughs> you guys should do it this way, and all the while they're just watching you work. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that really does something, huh? How about you get up and help us out? How about you step out of that place of comfort and step into the place of serving. How can I partner together to see more needs met in the house of the Lord? That's what it's all about. We know with more people, we can do more. That's, that's nothing that's biblical. That's just common sense. <laughs> that's all it is. Just a little common sense here. With more people, you can do more. They teach it to like, you know, seven-year-olds, I think, in math. <laughs> you know, if, if, if so-and-so could, you know, can eat five ice creams in, in, five, in five minutes, you know, how many, can, how many ice creams can 25 kids eat in 30 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> A whole lot. <laughs> we need to partner together. We need to partner with God when you pray for someone, you're partnering with God. Did you know that? Did you know that? When you go out of your way and pray for someone, you're partnering with God. Huh. When you teach children the word of God, you're partnering with God. You're, you are right with God. When you are teaching that youngster God's word, those foundational truths. When you open up your home to a Bible study, you're partnering with God. You've got to understand these things. This is, this, is, this is where God wants us to be, to partner with him. And there's always a return when you invest into the kingdom of God. Lastly, here is the investment. I'm grateful and so appreciative of the investment. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 says this, as dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, let us show the truth by our actions. Let it not be just mere words, John says, but let it be in our actions. 
What does that mean? That means let it be an investment that we have made. Because you can say, oh, I'm going to do this, and oh, I promise you, you got my word that I'm going to do this. And that's, that's, you know, will only get you so far. What we need to see is action. What God is waiting to see is action on our part. You see, you take, we take great, greater care of that which we have invested in. Isn't that true? That's very true. You know, I've never seen anybody washing a rental car. <laughs> right? You're probably thinking now, like, oh, you know what? No, I haven't. You don't, you don't make your bed in a hotel room. I know I don't. I'm like, I get up and I'm like, oh, I love leaving a mess and just walking away. <laughs> Why? Well, because the motivation of ownership is missing. There's nothing that is going to motivate you or compel you to do any above or beyond because there's no ownership there. See, when someone has taken ownership of something, they assume all responsibilities. I remember telling a story that uh, there were some termites in our house and we were renting at the time, and so I just called the landlord and said, hey, this is your problem. That was great. Loved it. No stress on my end whatsoever. But all that changes when you're a homeowner, right? All that changes. You can't, you can't, you can't, you know, you, you know, and, and now in the home that you purchase, you know, if you have some plumbing issues, you can't call your previous landlord and say, hey, we have an issue here. <laughs> They're going to laugh. You assume all responsibility. Tag, you're it. <laughs> it's all on you. See, what am I contributing to see growth in others? What am I contributing in this church to see others grow in the Lord? How am I taking ownership? Eleanor Roosevelt once said these words, and she said, for our own success to be real, it must contribute to the success of others. For our own success to be real, it must contribute to the success of others. If you want to be successful, then you need to equip others to be successful. See, investing in others greatly benefits the church. Proverbs 27, 17, Solomon says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It benefits the church. Everyone benefits from this process of investing, of ownership. Do you believe God has, do you believe God has placed you in this church? Do you believe it? Do you believe that every member in this church should fulfill a certain task? Yeah. In the outside world, this would be referred to as pulling your own weight. You ever hear that mentioned before? You got to pull your own weight, bud. Come on. 
Come on, man, let's, let's get it going here. You can't just sit and watch. We don't need no spectators. Do you feel that you are giving your all in the Lord's house? You don't have to say it loud. Just, an just answer it quietly in yourself. Do you feel that you are giving your all in the Lord's house? See, in the outside world, this would be referred to as an honest day's wages. Do you feel that you have given an honest day's wages or worked an honest day's wages? Well, some of you may say, well, I don't get paid. Who do you think pays you? God pays you. God is paying you. Stop, stop trying to wrap your mind around how this process works. Because it's not always going to be financial. Oh, man, the way God blesses is a blessing that you can't get from anywhere else. You can't, you can't buy those blessings. You can't find them at Target. You can't find them at, on, on Amazon. You can't find those blessings anywhere. They only come from God. And they come from serving in his house. What do you think God is going to do when he sees his children serving? What do you think he's going to do? He's going to bless you. What do you think God is going to do when he sees his children being obedient to what he has called them to do? He's going to bless them. Don't limit the blessings to just tangible material things. Proverbs 10.22 says the blessing of the Lord. I love this. Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Oh, man. I look around and I see, a, I see a, 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 a room full of rich individuals. You are rich. You are rich. Some of you may be saying, well, my, my checking account says something different. <laughs> Once again, stop coming back to money. <laughs> I already know how we think. Come on, I'm one of you too. I'm not any different. I'm no alien. I think the same thing you think. That's why I need God's constant cleansing in my mind and God's constant reminder uh, I, 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 in, in my life to say, hey, it's not all about this or this or this, Daniel. Get it right. Whoosh. I need that. I need those Holy Ghost slaps. Not from you guys, from the Lord. <laughs> Believe me, I'll, I'll slap back. I'm just kidding. I'm, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, as the worship team comes forward this morning. Colossians 3.23 says this, out of the amplified version, it says, whatever you do, Paul says, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. He says, that is, put in your very best effort. He says, as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord, not from men, that you will receive the inheritance, which is your greatest reward. And Paul says, it is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. Peter describes this inheritance as imperishable, undefiled, unfading, 
kept in heaven for you and I. It's an everlasting portion. You see, God has greatly invested in you and I. Greatly. He's given everything. Why? Well, I would like to believe, and I know I'm right in saying this, that he believes that we are worth it. Look around you. Look at your neighbor. God believes they are worth it. Look around you right now. Look around you. Come on, look to your left. Look to your right. Turn those heads. Get those muscles moving. Get that blood flow going. God says that person sitting next to you is worth it. They're worth it. Everything he gave was because you are worth it. I'm telling you, this is the God that I serve. If you, if you hear anything other than that, that is not God's word. That is false teaching. God loves his church. We too must love and appreciate the church body. Let's give God praise this morning. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Give God praise for the church where he has you to, to serve him and to worship him. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, for we are surrounded by an army of people who love you, of people who worship you. As every head is bowed and every eye closed,